Hello and thank you for joining us today for Frost & Sullivan's latest webinar. Today's event is titled Top 5 Agricultural Technologies Enhancing Productivity of Crops. My name is Anna and I oversee Frost & Sullivan's Growth Innovation and Leadership Briefings. Before we begin, I'd like to go over a few quick notes. We will have some detailed slides on this presentation. So there's a full screen feature available at the bottom right hand corner of the screen. You can safely share this briefing at any time via social media, email, or blogs. Today's discussion will also be available on demand shortly after we finished. And don't forget to submit your questions throughout the session today. Our presenters today are Subu Benatapuru, Senior Director here at Frost & Sullivan for our Tech Vision practice. Zubo has 19 years of experience supporting clients to leverage global market and technology opportunities and establish strategic partnerships, industry innovation, market and technology consulting experience, and covering market expansion strategies, technical due diligence, competitive analysis, and benchmarking studies. Uh, Zubo's focus is on energy and environment sectors and he's also a keynote speaker and moderator at industry innovation conferences within the APAC region. Also, our second presenter is Srinivas Tukdil, Program Manager, here also for our Tech Vision practice. Uh, Srinivas has 10 years of industry experience in energy and environment. Particular expertise is in technologies and innovations in environmental sustainability, energy storage, renewable energy, climate change, and sustainability. A special focus is on the agricultural technologies, waste management, energy consumption, pattern investigation, subsequent recommendations for research conservation, efficiency improvements and cost reduction measures. With that, I would now like to hand the presentation over to Subu. Thank you, Anna. Hello, everyone on this briefing. This is Subu here. Thank you for your interest in this briefing. Titled Top 5 Agriculture Technologies Improving Productivity and Driving Growth Opportunities. We hope you will find this session informative. Agriculture involves the utilization of primary resources. The growing population and increasing urbanization is putting pressure on the primary resources. A significant need exists for emerging technologies to address the current challenges in agriculture. Now, what are the major challenges? The world's population is expected to reach 9.6 billion by 2050, thereby increasing the demand for food supplies. Also, fulfilling the Increasing agricultural water demand is a challenge. Now, to produce one kg of rice, 4,000 liters of water is needed. For one kg of wheat, 900 liters of water. And for one kg of potatoes, it's 500 liters. With diminishing groundwater resources and increased exploitation of over 20% of the aquifers across the world, it is proving to be a challenge to provide water for agriculture. Global food production and its supply chain accounts for nearly 30% of the total global energy consumption and over 50% of the total global water consumption. Now, modern agriculture technologies increase productivity. Precision agriculture-based methodologies that provide real-time data about water and nutrient consumption, moisture content, and crop health are proven to enhance agricultural productivity. With that introduction, let me take us through the next slide on what are the future needs of agriculture. We all know increased yield is of utmost importance to meet the growing demand for food. So improved output from available resources is crucial. Sustainable agricultural practices that advocate an integrated approach to farming is needed. That is using renewable energy, integrated pest management, crop rotation, natural sustainable fertilizers, and maintaining crop diversity. Reduced water requirements driven by water conservation practices, enabling practices that conserve and enhance the good properties of soil, connected and intelligent farms that make agricultural processes more efficient, and developing climate resistant crops. 
Now these are modified crops that are resistant to the vagaries of climate. With that, we move to the next slide, slide six here. Frost and Sullivan has identified the top five agricultural technologies for enhancing the productivity of crops. So today's discussion, we'll discuss all these five technologies. The first technology would be crop sensors and equipment telematics to measure a variety of soil parameters and to provide real-time information using global positioning systems. The second technology is vertical farming. Here, the cultivation of crops is in vertically stacked layers or inclined surfaces. This can be facilitated by the use of controlled environment, including optimization of artificial lighting, temperature, humidity, and photosynthesis. The third technology, water conservation technologies, including drip irrigation, smart water infrastructure, and variable rate irrigation technologies. These technologies reduce operating costs significantly. The fourth one would be synthetic biology, which involves the design of new biological systems by combining genetic engineering, chemistry, and bioinformatics. This enables cultivation of crops that are resistant to drought, weeds, and pesticides. The fifth technology would be agricultural robots with drones and unmanned aerial vehicles to help in providing real-time information about crop health and also help in performing activities such as harvesting, seeding, spraying, weed control, and sorting of crops. My colleague Srinivas will now cover the first technology, crop sensors and equipment telematics in more detail. Srinivas. Uh, thank you, Subhu, for this, uh, uh, for this overview today, uh, overview of our, our briefing today. As discussed uh, earlier, we will be focusing today on five important, impactful and disruptive technologies which are going to have significant impact on current agricultural practices. Um, the first technology uh, today is crop sensors and equipment telematics. Agricultural practices, as we all are aware, uh, involve a lot of variables, including weather conditions and soil health status. The industry, agricultural industry, is probably the most reliant industry on weather conditions. So it is absolutely necessary to gather information regarding all these complex variables so that immediate action can be taken by farm managers to improve the productivity of crops. So basically the crop sensor network uses various kinds of sensors to collect data, data related to soil, like say moisture content, nutrient content, or soil fertility. And there are also sensors available for rain, for example, for rainfall forecasting. Just to give you an example, uh, optical sensors today are placed on vehicles or even on drones to measure soil moisture content. There are various sensors available to detect crop stress as well. Use of crop sensors can result in optimum use of fertilizers, which can actually result in reduction in waste and also reduction in soil pollution. Let's move to the next slide. which talks about equipment telematics. So equipment telematics is a system which, which captures the data from farm equipments and sends this data to farm managers as well as to the equipment providers. What we've seen is most of the farm equipment companies today across the globe are developing telematic systems. Current prevalent applications of equipment telematics are focused on equipment tracking or location information. But this can easily be extended and be used in sending accurate information and especially the maintenance, maintenance notification of farm equipments. This results in improved productivity 
and also it reduces the breakdown possibility of the farm equipment. The next slide gives us a pictorial representation of the crop sensor networks. As you all can see, there are various sensors available which can gather the important data related to crucial parameters, complex parameters like say weather monitoring, disease detection, yield monitoring, soil health monitoring, pest detection and the crop sensor network also carries out the predictive analysis and decision making activities and this particular combination of those those two activities results in improvement of crop productivity so let's move on to the next slide which gives which gives us information about various challenges of agriculture which are which are addressed by crop sensors and equipment telematics systems so the basically the sensor network enables the accurate and rapid data transfer so this so this particular activity addresses the important challenge of real time monitoring and quality of the data use of crop sensor network also results in cost effective services so let's move on to our next technology for today which is vertical farming over to you subo yeah thanks shrinivas now here uh, vertical farming utilizes lesser primary resources to increase productivity as compared to outdoor farming so this forms a very important part in both developing and developed nations vertical farming forms an important aspect of commercial urban farming for the production of fruits vegetables flowers herbs and commodity crops required by the food and pharmaceutical industries the crops are cultivated in vertically stacked layers or inclined surfaces and are also facilitated by the use of controlled environment and like i mentioned these this technology can be used in both developing and developed countries in an urban setting the types of vertical farming there are three types which we'll discuss here the first one is aeroponics aeroponic cultivation involves the growth of crops in a misty environment without the use of any aggregated medium contrast to that is the hydroponics hydroponic cultivation is based on the concept of cultivating crops in submerged nutrient solutions without any soil there and these are routinely monitored to ensure the presence of optimum level of nutrients in this submerged solution aeroponic cultivation involves utilization of 90% less water as compared to the most efficient hydroponic system apart from these two there is a third one now called aquaponics in aquaponic cultivation we have aquaculture in the system so aquaponic cultivation takes place in a symbiotic ecosystem which involves combining aquaculture with hydroponic systems so water containing fish based excretion is fed to the crops in the hydroponic system the crops obtain nitrogen and other nutrients from this feed from this feed so there is no need of any other chemical nutrients going to this system and this system replicates a ecosystem in nature so we did a matrix so we have a matrix here comparison matrix for comparing various parameters the key parameters in traditional farming vertical farming and greenhouse farming so the values as you can see in the table greenhouse farming requires only 70% of the total water requirement by online on field farming and vertical farming requires only 10% of the water consumed by traditional farming greenhouse farming requires only 60 to 70% of the total fertilizers required by on on field farming and vertical farming requires only 10 to 20% of the fertilizer consumed by traditional farming when you look at the yield the yield of greenhouse farming is basically 8 times more than that of on field farming per acre and then the yield of vertical farming is 
20 times more than that of on-field farming per acre. And when you look at energy consumption and labor intensity, both of these parameters are lower in vertical farming compared to greenhouse and also traditional farming. So vertical farming emerges as the most efficient method for farming. With that, let's look at the challenges addressed by vertical farming. So I'm going to the next slide, slide 15 here. The first challenge addressed by vertical farming would be resource and land use efficiency. So there is need for new farming techniques that safely optimizes the use of primary resources in food production. So this includes the ever-growing need to enhance yields and profitability by reducing the land use for cultivation. And then controlled environment, the need to effectively maintain a controlled environment, temperature, lighting and humidity, and its impact on the total demand for the agricultural product. Then we have enhanced nutrition and also food safety. So there is this need for the production of crops with higher nutrient value without the use of synthetic fertilizers, which could be harmful for human consumption, and also avoiding chemicals and pesticides. And there is a very important need to reduce food production costs, starting from the use of safer and cleaner seeds to producing more environmentally friendly crops. So these clearly point to the need for food production solutions based on vertical farming. So with that, we go to the next technology, this is water conservation technologies. Here on the next slide, this is slide 17, we're discussing about drip irrigation. Now drip irrigation reduces water utilization in farms as compared to conventional irrigation systems. Drip irrigation is defined as an irrigation method that enables conservation of both water and fertilizer. So water is fed to the plant roots of the crops slowly by using emitters or a dripper. Water wastage and conventional losses such as runoff, excess water from fields and soil erosion are minimized. Now, People also refer to drip irrigation as trickle irrigation or also micro-irrigation. In all, a drip irrigation system consists of a network of valves, pumps, pipes and emitters. Drip irrigation enhances water utilization with potential to even triple water utilization when compared with conventional irrigation. Drip irrigation can reduce the water applied to fields by nearly 70%. We also have some drivers and restraints indicated here. The main drivers for drip irrigation are increased water utilization efficiency and uh, reduced energy costs. The main restraints are increased capex, capital costs, and also the system maintenance issues, I mean, issues with the uh, irrigation system, the drip, dripper and other items. The key future trends that we see in drip irrigation are solar-powered drip irrigation systems. It's a combination of solar power to drive the pumps and then drip irrigation systems operating on that. Smart irrigation systems based on advanced metering infrastructure. Advanced fertigation control systems. Precision mobile drip irrigation. And of course the concept of smart water utilities that is taking hold in Israel, Singapore and other parts of the world. With that we move to the next slide. Slide 18. Yeah, here we look at the. Sorry, slide 18. I think I jumped to one slide. Eight. Yeah, here we look at another water conservation technology called variable rate irrigation technology. Now we refer to this as VRI. This VRI technology facilitates uniform monitoring of agricultural fields. So VRI technology allows application of only the required amount of water in specific locations at the field. So this is very important that it allows only the required amount of water at specific locations. So obviously VRI technology increases the yield and profitability in agriculture. This concept was initially introduced for dry fertilizer application but is having significant adoption in the irrigation application. 
The decision for adoption of DRI systems are based on the soil's available water capacity. And we have observed that DRI reduces water use by approximately 15%. There are a few drivers for VRI technology. The main driver is that VRI technology has special significance in fields which do not have uniform topography. In most parts of the world, the fields do not have uniform topography, except in the traditional agricultural countries. So this is a very good driver. Now the restraint is that there may be a mismatch between the application rate of VRI and infiltration due to poor soil conductivity or factors such as subsurface layers. Now in this slide we have also captured the key future trends for variable rate irrigation. Zonal irrigation control systems is one of the future trends. And then measurement of moisture and, and nutrient content for monitoring. And then dynamic VRI control systems. Then irrigation scheduling based systems. Also in the development stage, we now have VRI that is mostly achieved using center pivot irrigation and this is a quite established and mature technology. Now more research studies are being carried out in order to enhance the efficiency of the center pivot irrigation systems. Okay, so with that we go to the next slide, slide 19, which looks at the challenges addressed by water conservation technologies. First one would be uh, replacement of old infrastructure. So the need for replacement of old water infrastructure eliminates the possibilities of pipe bursts, leaks and also corrosion of the water transportation pipes. Then also uh, adhering to regulatory frameworks. There is a need to adhere to regulatory guidelines and this is very important to uh, ensure and enhance food safety. Legal hurdles, of course, increase the cost for the food industry. And then there is this issue of improper scheduling. So the need for maintaining timely scheduling for the supply of nutrients and water to the crops is important to consistently maintain crop health. So all these point to the need for food production, food production solutions based on water conservation technologies. With that, we come to our next technology, synthetic biology. I will again request Srinivas to give us more details about this technology. Srinivas? Yeah, thanks, Abu. Um, so uh, our next technology is synthetic biology. Uh, basically, synthetic biology integrates engineering and genetics to develop sustainable biological systems. So in, in, in agricultural systems, with the use of synthetic biology, we can actually rethink everything which we know about how our food is produced. For example, uh, production of animal products like say milk and eggs is possible even without animals. With synthetic biology, new plant varieties and better value-added products are possible than, than the traditional practices. So basically synthetic biology also has a potential to create sustainable fuels from agricultural feedstocks and it also can work towards integrated pest management. Let's move on to next slide and let's discuss about two most important features of today's modern agriculture enhanced efficiency fertilizers and integrated pest management so fertilizers are used to increase the fertility of soil many times because of standard application practices we have seen that the fertilizers are not taken up the, taken up by the soil which results in of course wastage of fertilizers and it also results in soil pollution and leachate generation. The leachate generation can result in groundwater contamination which is even more environment hazard. 
So to address this challenge, a biopolymer coat in enhanced efficiency fertilizer results in controlled release of the fertilizer. This is to match the growth of the growth pattern of of the of the plant, which in turn results in optimum use of fertilizer, which increases the productivity of the farm. At the same time, synthetic biology also finds an application in integrated pest management where it focuses on maintaining the optimum pest threshold which prevents the introduction of these toxins in human life cycle. So, Basically, synthetic biology has created endless possibilities today in the food production activity. Let's move on to the next slide. So, gene editing technologies. Gene editing technologies have the potential to transform our food production today. While these platforms can actually scale up the sustainable food production practices, we see that there are inconsistent global regulatory scenarios. And those global uncertainty in these global regulatory scenarios is actually becoming a big challenge in adoption of synthetic biology in today's agricultural practices. So, so the use of synthetic biology in the medium, medium term future, we can actually witness the changes in food production pattern. Like say wheat with low gluten or even mushrooms, those do not get brown. And in say longer term, longer future, say like beyond 10 years, the development of personalized food production can become a reality with the application of synthetic biology in our food production. With this, let's move on to our next technology today, which is agricultural robots. So we have seen a technology like say synthetic biology, it is synthetic biology is creating new opportunities and addressing new aspects in agricultural industry. As we all know, agricultural industry involves energy, time and labor intensive processes and agricultural robots address these important crucial challenges for better profitability of farm management. So agribots are typically used in harvesting seasons currently and they are digitized electromagnetic machines specifically used for applications like say fruit picking or spraying and thus reducing the labor requirement in agriculture. So utilization of automation using say unmanned aerial vehicles can result in precise data collection and the digitally controlled equipments can actually cut down the time consuming processes. So decrease in process time is essential for improving efficiency of agriculture. Reduction in waste and high safety are also achieved by using agricultural robots. The next slide talks about agricultural drones. So what we have seen is the drones are getting 
increasingly affordable and getting more adopted for agricultural practices, especially because of the developments in sensors and connectivity technologies. The drones provide aerial view of these farms and they provide information related to irrigation, soil variation and pest infestation. Now let's discuss about what kind of challenges, agricultural challenges, are addressed by these technologies. So use of agricultural robots result in increase in response time, which increases the sensitivity of this process, which is high response time. So using high resolution aerial images, better quality of data can be gathered. Agribots thus mainly address the challenges of uh, uh, challenges of agriculture by reducing the labor cost and time requirement for the process. Moving on to the next important aspect of today's agriculture. Precision agriculture today is an important transformation which is happening in agriculture. Precision agriculture is basically a convergence of various technologies. Technologies like say sensors, data analytics and automation convergence of these technologies and utilization of these technologies in agriculture results in improved crop yield and it addresses the challenges of increase in food demand due to growth of global population. It does that by making the better farm management decisions. Next slide will give us a pictorial representation of precision agricultural system. You can please take a look at this picture. So basically precision agricultural system consists of various connected sensors. So, so these sensors are used to gather complex information related to various crop parameters. This system also uses IoT, which results in rapid data reporting. As we all are aware, the cloud systems have reduced the cost of information collection and storage. So use of UAVs, unmanned aerial vehicles, and agricult agricultural robots is to reduce the dependency on the labors. Automation in precision agriculture helps to minimize the errors which reduces the cost of the process. Moving on, here we have given a decision support matrix of all the five important technology which we have discussed today. So what we have done here is we have analyzed and compared all these five technologies against different specific parameters. Parameters like say technology readiness levels, regional adoption potential, probability, resource conservation potential and impact on crop productivity. So technology readiness level is an indication of how mature a particular technology is. Is the technology at ideation stage, at patent stage, at prototype stage, or it, it is already commercialized product? Regional adoption potential is how this particular technology and the products related to that technology in agriculture is getting adopted across various regions 
various regions and what is the intensity of acceptance of these products across the regions. Probability of success of getting this particular technology adopted in agricultural practices. Resource conservation potential is related to potential saving of natural resources like say energy and water or even fertilizers with the use of that particular technology. And of course we have also compared these technologies with their impact on crop productivity. So if you, if you take an example here, you will see a technology like say water conservation technologies. These technologies are already mature, already implemented. So you will see the TRL levels, the technology readiness levels are very high. And also since the technology is focused on reducing the, reducing the water, naturally the impact on crop productivity is also very high for that particular technology. You can also see a technology like say crop sensors, you will, ha you will see the technology readiness level is very high because we already have the products available. It is already commercialized. At the same time, a technology like say synthetic biology, which is a relatively new novel technology, you will see the TRL levels medium. Even the adoption potential, regional adoption potential is also low as we discussed, maybe because of the regulatory scenario or maybe it's, it's, it's relatively new technology. We have seen the adoption potential currently is relatively low across various regions. And thus we have, we have compared all these technologies against various parameters to give you a brief overview about how these technologies are performing against each other. So let's move on to our next slide. Which are the key takeaways of from today's briefing. I will thus hand over this briefing to Subbu. Over to you, please. Thank you, Shingar. So now let's look at the key takeaways from today's presentation and of course our study on this topic. Adoption of urban farming methods result in reduction of land usage and also up to 90% reduction of water consumption for crop cultivation in comparison to traditional farming practices. We also observe there's an increased yield by 8 to 20 times in urban farming practices in comparison with traditional farming. LED lights have a direct contribution to the growth of urban farming by offering 40 to 75 percent reduction in energy consumption when compared to traditional lighting systems. So customizing technologies derived from other industry sectors for agriculture sector applications would be crucial to avoid a global food supply shortfall by 2030. The other key takeaway points, every hectare of vertical hydroponic farming systems has the potential to replace approximately nine hectares of conventional outdoor farmlands and in the process can save up to 200,000 liters of water per day. GPS enabled smart tractor with controlled steering and route planning helps reduce fuel cost by 10% and also reduces soil erosion. Enhanced efficiency fertilizers last in the farmland for up to 12 months, maintaining the nutrient content, namely potassium, nitrogen, and phosphorus required by the crop. So this definitely helps in improving the leaf and uh, root growth of the crops. So closed crop cultivation systems will require new tools and processes to help these systems truly optimize production yield in the future. A group of specialized agricultural robots can be utilized for weeding and fertilizing by means of field mapping, water and nitrogen monitoring, thereby reducing the fertilizer cost by up to 90%. 
Agricultural water savings almost account to 65% of the total water conserved by utilizing advanced water conservation technologies. The total global expenditure on all food products by final consumers, whether fresh or processed, or through the food services sales channel, will reach $20 to $25 trillion by 2030. These are Frost & Sullivan estimates. And food budgets, as we see, are increasing as consumers grow more affluent. So there is a demand, more demand for value-added food. So this definitely will drive the demand for newer, innovative cost-saving equipment. So those were the key takeaways. And with that, I will pass it back to Anna. Thank you. Anna? Thank you so much, Shubhu. Thank you so much, Srinivas. Now, at this time, I'd like to go into our question and answer session. So if you do have a, a question, please type it under the uh, the question box. So our first question here from the audience, it reads, how effective is the adoption of vertical farming in developing countries as compared to developed countries? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Anna. I'll, I'll take the question, Subhu here. See, the drive for vertical farming in developing countries is more about economics. That is increasing yield in small land holdings and also reducing cost and then also reducing the uh, water usage. Now, expanding a farm vertically can increase the income of small farmers. This also has an added benefit that it, it protects the environment better. And urban poor can benefit from lower prices of agricultural produce. But in the, in the developed countries, the driver is a bit different. Now, this driver in developed countries would be to reduce carbon emissions or to grow food locally and support the local produce and also to support the environment. Now, the adoption of vertical farming is the answer for meeting the demands of both of the growing urban population in both developing and developed countries, though, though the drivers are different. Now we have seen urban farming has had successful implementation in, in many cities worldwide, namely New York, London. It's also being implemented in cities in South Korea. That being said, vertical farming has also seen success in countries such as Indonesia, Kenya, Tanzania, and South Africa. I would rate that Africa has got a lot of potential for vertical farming. Yeah. So that would be the answer. Next question, please. Thank you. Our next question here reads, what is the significance of combining farming practices with other technologies, let's say like atmospheric water generation? Um, I'll, I'll take that question, Anna. Uh, just to confirm, they're asking atmospheric water generation, right? Yeah, so, uh, so basically atmospheric water generation, uh, which is AWG, it, it produces water out of thin air. Uh, the technology is produce, producing the water out of thin air, right? So we, we currently are, we already are aware about a US-based company which is using AWG technology to generate water and use that as a resource, especially for vertical farming. So, so it is it is a very very novel concept. It is not yet adopted everywhere across the globe yet, but it it certainly has a potential, especially in the in the regions where the, uh, which are facing high water stress. Uh, yeah, hope hope that answers the question. Anna, over to you, please. Okay, thank you. Our next question. Which type of vertical farming can be more profitable and more effective? Okay, um, let me take that question, Subhu here again. It is a very interesting question and most often we are asked this question, which of those three uh, vertical farming techniques that we discussed is the most profitable? Now, profitability depends on, a, on various factors. I mean, you can have the perfect condition for one, but it can fail due to various reasons. I mean, you can make any of these uh, three technologies profitable, provided the design is right. But if you ask me, in, in my opinion, um, I think aquaphonics would be more profitable and effective, provided the design is right. Okay, if the design is not right, this can fail too. 
Why I would advocate aquaponics is because this also involves nurturing different types of fish along with the crop. So obviously, I mean, it's tempting to say that you're growing both fish and crop, so you double the revenue stream. But apart from that, I mean, this, like I mentioned earlier in the presentation, this closely replicates the natural ecosystem. And then we have seen its popularity in the developing countries such as India and uh, Indonesia where there is protein shortage. So um, this is a good way to have both fish on the table and also plants. And, and one more important point is uh, the chemical nutrients cost can be reduced because here it's a self-contained system wherein the fish feed is going to the plant. So in a way, the farmer can reduce the inputs into this. But all said and done, I mean, it has to be monitored well and, and the design has to be good. So then, I mean, definitely aquaponics would be the winner. I trust that answers the question. Thank you, Subha. Now, our, our next question here, it's in regards to uh, big data. Um, what is the influence of big data and AI, artificial intelligence, in agriculture? Uh, Anna, this is Srinivas. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that question. Um, so, uh, so basically, big data, uh, data analytics, as well as artificial intelligence has completely transformed the conventional agriculture today. And it, is, it has transformed it to the digital agriculture. Um, even in countries like, say, India, um, what we have seen is inputs based on artificial intelligence and the advisories for sowing and harvesting has increased the crop yield by 30 to 40% in, in some of Indian states. And the pattern remains the same across the globe. Uh, big data, data analytics and, and artificial intelligence is impacting the agricultural practices positively. Uh, at the same time, globally, real-time alerts to the farmers related to various crop parameters results in reduction in amount of resources. So resources like say synthetic fertilizers, which are used in, in, in farming practices. And this results in maintaining the soil fertility and it also kind of re reduces the operational, uh, operational expenditure. So thus it in turn improves the productivity of the crops. I um, hope that answers the question. Back to you, Anna. Okay. Thank you very much. We have a few more questions uh, to address here. Uh, what is the role of smart water grids in water conservation technologies? Okay. So the question is, what is the role of smart water grids in water conservation technologies? I will take that question. Uh, Subhu here again. Yeah. So smart water grids deploy sensors and devices to continuously monitor different parameters, important parameters such as pressure, water quality, flow rates, and temperature in the water network. So with this, smart water grids can assist in identifying pipe bursts and leakages in the water system, and thus playing a very important role in reducing non-revenue water. Now, non-revenue water is a big pain to water utilities, and if that can be reduced, it's helpful. So smart grid definitely benefits the smart utilities, the water utilities in, in conserving, uh, I mean, increasing revenues and, and reducing non-revenue water. So incorporating smart water grids in irrigation systems, of course, reduces water wastage. Now we have case studies of successful smart water grid adoption in countries such as Israel, Singapore, USA, and other parts of the world. So that, that would be my answer. Over to you, Anna. Thank you. And uh, our next question here, how effective is the collaboration of agricultural robots with uh, satellite systems? Well, uh, uh, Anna, I'll take, I'll take that question. Uh, so, so basically, the satellite systems uh, are in agriculture, they're used to provide uh, high-definition, real-time aerial imagery to monitor various crop-based parameters or agricultural parameters. 
those parameters can include say crop stress crop health uh, nutrition water monitoring so on and so forth so these cro these crucial parameters are monitored real time and the data is transferred uh, the accurate quality data is transferred on time to the farm manager for decision making so it results in better decision management system for the farmers to maintain the high productivity of farms so what we have seen is many israeli and us based companies are already having collaborations with third party satellite image providers in order to provide real time data and real time information to the farmers through agricultural robots and this of course will result in improved productivity of of the farms um i hope it 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 answers the question uh, back to you anna Thank you very much, uh, Shinibas. Okay, so um, at this time, I'm going to conclude the session. I know that we have some um, questions that we did not get to address today. However, um, Shinibas will take that offline and answer each question via email. So we want to just encourage you to follow us on our social media sites. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to keep up to date on upcoming events, webinars, press releases. And um, this concludes today's presentation. We hope you found our webinar informative. I have just pushed out our contact details information. Uh, so if there's any other additional questions, um, please reach out to Subu. Please reach out to uh, Srinivas. And uh, we want to thank you again for joining us today. Thank you.